you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandra scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Bannister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the Thunderbirds' official YouTube page. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number 21 of the Shake, Rattle, and Gold podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing in Amherst and their location in Tower Square in downtown Springfield, your go-to pregame spot for Thunderbirds games. Now also by our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting, bridging the gap for those traversing the healthcare landscape. Alongside Matt Baker, I am Steve Forney. And uh, Matt, I I think we're going to have a little bit more, I guess, pleasant of a show today than, than we had last week. I, I would agree with that statement uh, wholeheartedly. Yes, I think, uh, you know, it, it's uh, how funny, how awesome, how cool the, the tone, everything can just kind of change in one week. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, I'm going to do my my second half of the season goal is to not live and die after every game, you know, let sort of things play out and kind of how at least for me, how I was, I'm approaching the second half of the season, like a playoff series. And and I think they're off to a good start there. I think they will get into it, but I think it was a great weekend of hockey for the T-Birds. And so proud of the boys. They played well. Yeah, for sure. And they needed it. They, they yes, certainly needed absolutely. it. So uh, we'll break down the three games that we've had since we last uh, discussed. Uh, we'll also have our uh, fan feature segment. Uh, this week will be our old friend, uh, Katrina King. Who, yep. for those uh, watching on YouTube, looking over my right shoulder, there is a nice little uh, picture of the two of us, Matt, that she uh, oh, put together, uh, which is really impressive considering, you know, all that she has to go through on a, a daily basis to be able to put that together for us is awesome. I, I got to hang yeah. it, but uh, I wanted to make sure we, we put it on there. And of course, that's sponsored by our friends at O'Connell's Irish Pub in Springfield. So um, we look forward to getting to that as well. Um, any sort of broad, generic, uh, off the top thoughts on the last three games, Matt. I love, we're going to break down lineups and everything like that, but I love what coach um, Dan Kachuk did this week in the games. I thought he presented, he put on a, a physical, a skilled, athletic, hungry lineup. Um, and so that, that's sort of what I meant. I felt like the tone, regardless of how many games are scored in, in these three games. And it's interesting, like you, we, there was a loss, there was a low scoring game and then more of a, um, you know, high scoring kind of dominating type victory. So you had all kind of three different finishes to the game. But for me, the common thread in all three games was physicality, was athleticism, was speed, was energy. And that's something that I feel we haven't seen consistently lately. So it was, I was very proud, very happy to see, uh, you know, see the boys on the ice this week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you? I agree. You, and could you sense we, it? 
Yeah, definitely. It could sense it down at ice level. And and I, yeah. I think I, I messaged you, you know, just, I mean, they had probably five guys in the lineup for the first time all year that are physical yeah. players. And I felt yeah. like they didn't get pushed around uh, at all by any of them. And I think that Charlotte kind of gave us a gift on Saturday night by playing their backup goalie, who is not very good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, they've played backup goalies in the past and lost. And you know, they played their backup. Uh, Thunderbirds played their third string goalie on Saturday on Friday and managed to get a win. So sometimes it's not always who's in net, but how you approach it and how you take it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just from an organization's perspective, I, I know that things have been a little rough over the last couple of weeks, but trust me, talking to Nate Costa after the game, when you get two sellouts, you get hometown heroes night, you get, games that are broadcast on cozy TV and you get, and you outscore your opponent, what seven to one in two games or eight to one. Um, That's, that's exactly what from a marketing perspective and an organization's perspective, that's exactly what they're looking for. So um, nice of the boys to pull through and, and, you know, you can put together all the promotions and the the tickets and you can have cheap beer and you get everything else. But if the team is not performing on the ice, that does stand out from an organization's perspective. And I thought that they absolutely held up their end of the bargain this weekend. So it's yeah, good to see on home ice. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how awesome is that hometown heroes night? Just, you know, to see the parade of, of the lights and the sirens. And, and like you said that, you know, that looking at that big flag out front is just, it's cool. And, and, you know, I, I wasn't part of the, the pregame. I couldn't attend that game, but, um, you know, walking the stairs with first responders, just, it's a great promo and, and it's good to see the people show up and, and look even better when the team shows up too. Right. So for sure, all good things to, to talk about tonight. Um, so we might as well just get it out of the way. We'll go back to the game against, um, against Hershey, uh, Hershey, where, uh, like you said, I, I think that they, there's something about Hershey where the Thunderbirds always seem to, I think, play at their best. And, mm-hmm. you know, despite the loss, uh, they did give up two empty netters. So I think the game was a little bit closer than the score would indicate. Um, but I thought that on the whole, that was a pretty darn good effort against what is uh, what could potentially be a historical team. I mean, yeah. th- this team, Hershey, is looking at shattering records in terms of, of season performance. So uh, I don't know. I kind of like what I saw despite the loss. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, this is their third game against Hershey, all of them essentially are one goal games. Um, we, we know that on Wednesday it ended four to one. You Hershey added two empty netters, I believe in the last 90 seconds of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the play on ice was that of a one goal game and then it didn't end. It was a four to one loss, you know, but I think when, when you're playing the best and, and look, we were wrong at the beginning of the year, right? We, we were talking about a Calder cup hangover and, and, you know, we thought maybe the Thunderbirds went through it and Chicago went through it. Clearly Hershey has the recipe because they just, they've been dominant all year long, goaltending everywhere. Right. But um, they bring out the best in, in Springfield. And I think too, when you're a team like the Thunderbirds who, has talent too. I think you kind of take that personal where it's like, 
all right, yeah, yeah, look, everyone's talking about Hershey. We got talent too. And and so, you know, they, they've shown up for these three games. They're on the losing side, all three, but we talked about it in our preview of this game. I'll take a two to one loss and, you know, yeah, there were two empty netters, but I, I, I went to bed Wednesday night thinking, okay, we're in a rut. This is a type of game, even though it's a loss, there were a lot of positives to pull out of it. I thought their defensive positioning was really strong. I think they moved the puck well. The power play was still a little bit of an issue. I think if there was one aspect of that game Wednesday, I think when you're playing a team like Hershey and you're given five power play opportunities, those are the the times you need to capitalize to win. Other than that, I mean, it, it, five on five hockey, it's really tough to break through the Hershey defense. So you've got the man advantage. You have to take advantage of that. So, you know, that that's a massive, massive hole right now in the game, in their game. But, Overall, there were a lot of positives, I think, steps in the right direction that in my mind, I thought, hey, if we can add on to these for the weekend, we're in good shape against Charlotte, who was at the time, Friday afternoon, one game ahead of the Thunderbirds in the standings. Now, you know, Charlotte losing three in a row, two to Springfield and then one to Providence has that flipped. So, you know, I think you can only kind of take it one spot at a time, one game at a time, but you know, they're, they're heading in the right direction, which is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, you you know, I, I, I do think, you know, I I don't want to pick on them, but man, Charlotte has just got to be the hardest place to play in the league because Mm -hmm. when you're home, you're home, but when you're on the road, man, you are, you're, you're on the road and yeah, you know, their, their travel schedule is ridiculous. And again, it's nobody's nobody's fault, I guess, but their own and geography, but, you know, having to come up here and, and you don't just come up here for one game and you go home and, and even, you know, just looking at it, like they're playing, like, like they played a back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. Then they played back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Then they got on the road for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's just, like because of the scheduling, they just have to cram so many games into a, a short amount of time. And mm-hmm. that's just on a player. That's just gotta be, gotta be difficult, but um, Hey, you still got to beat the teams that are in front of you. And like you said, to be, I, that to me, I think was the biggest weekend of the year so far, because you mm-hmm. were, you were down one and uh, down one point and then you get a clean sweep and now you're up one, or I'm sorry, you were down three and now you're up one. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I wanted to mention, and I, I was curious about this. I'm, I'm sure other people are. It does look like, again, this year that um, the top six teams in the Atlantic are going to make the playoffs. So I think that's how it was last year. Um, yes. But I did get that confirmed by my buddy Tom, who is the uh, Providence Bruins PA announcer, um, that that is sort of the situation. I'm, I'm sorry for jumping all over the place, but I, one thing I did want to mention while you were talking earlier you know, we were wrong about Hershey at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to kind of stick to that a little bit. I don't see how this is sustainable. Like this run that they're on, I don't, I, I don't call me a hater, but I, I don't see it to be sustainable. I don't know how they go the, the, the rest of uh, the next, whatever, call it two months playing the way that they're playing. 
at some mm-hmm. point they're going to lose three, four, five, six in a row. Like they're going to lose six out of seven. They're going to lose seven out of eight. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's got to happen. And hey, I said the same thing about the Bruins of the Boston yeah. Bruins last year. They just, they wouldn't, they couldn't lose. And of course they get to the playoffs and you know, we all know what happened for them, but I just I, I call me a hater, but I can't see this being sustainable for Hershey. I, I mean, I would say logic. I would have to agree with you and I'd have to be like, yeah, you're right. But that being said, I I wonder if the AHL has a little bit more of a dynamic where like the, the athlete in me, the logic in me says eventually when I'm going to try to do the math real quick, you're up 13 points on the Bruins. You're running away with the division. So you know, you're now at the all-star break coming up and, and sure it's easy to be like, Oh, let's take a game or two off. But that being said, you are in the AHL. So, you know, at any moment is your call up at any injury. And and that, I mean, that to me would be the biggest thing where unlike any other and, and hockey too, unlike any other sport, you're one injury away. I mean, Charlie Lindgren or, um, uh, what is, is it Darcy Kemper for yep. the, the Capitals, right? Darcy Kemper, you're one injury, and then you, the Capitals have a decision to make which goaltender you're pulling up. They're both really good. You know, you've got the rookie there setting, setting records with six shutouts this year. That's incredible. Are you pulling him up? Are you pull? you know, so there's one injury in Washington away from kind of messing this whole thing up with their goalies. You're always one call up away, one injury away. And we see it at all levels of, of hockey. I mean, again, you look at the Bruins last year who were historically the best regular season ever. Literally. Yeah, it, it was. And you couldn't even make it out of the first round. And that's, I'm not trying to knock on the Bruins that, I may or may not have lost a few bucks on that game in that series. <laughs> but I mean, it's you're a hot goaltender away from losing a series. You are just a hot, a hot streak away from losing a series. And so I, I think more than any sport, you've got to get to the playoff. And once you get into that playoff, the seedings are going to be what they are, but you are a hot goalie. You are an Adam Gaudet hot streak away from winning any series. So, but I'm with you. I mean, how they are on a historic pace, a historic I mean, run. 34, seven, Oh, and two. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And, and again, we're talking about AHL guys who, again, not knocking these professional athletes, but they're in the AHL. They're in that developmental league. And then, you know, I, th- I think it's fascinating to be able to compete at such a high clip for so long, so consistent, consistently. Uh, it's fascinating. But um, I, 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 let's they are bound to lose a game to Springfield. And, and, you know, we'll get to some of the promo games coming up soon. But hopefully the next time they play Springfield in Springfield, um, you know, a few trends yeah. continue in Springfield's favor. I mean, j- just one more quick thing on on Hershey. Um, th- they've only given up 90 goals in 43 games, which is insane <laughs> to begin with. That's obviously the, oh. the fewest in the league. Um, Milwaukee's given up 95. 
but they've also scored 143. And for reference, Providence has scored 149, and the Texas Stars have 146, and they have a player down there, Logan Stankoven, who is um, another guy who's going to shatter some rookie records. But based on my quick math, they're third in the league in goals four. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, they're just kind of getting bailed out by their goalies. And I mean, clearly they are Fair. 90 goals against, but they're also scoring at a pretty good clip too. So yeah, it's this rare combo of, of just dominating and they, and they, they have the fewest penalty minutes in the division. Mm-hmm. They have the fewest penalty minutes looks like quickly, like second, third, fewest penalty minutes in the league. So you play disciplined hockey, you score goals, you stop pucks. Like that's the game that, you know, that, it's as easy as that sounds. Right. But, yeah. but you're right. You are right. Uh, so, so, Hey, Thunderbirds can hang. So that's a good. They sign. can, they can, they, they can hang. Yep. So that's a good sign. So, Absolutely. Um, so just looking ahead here at those games against Charlotte, um, my opening sort of t- thought on the, the weekend against Charlotte, which again is something that you have already mentioned. Um, when you go into a game and you, cause I, I think physicality has been lacking on this team. And for that game, they dressed Tyler Tucker, uh, LaFerriere, McEachern, Washcrook, Sam Bitten, Wyatt Kalanuck, Hunter Skinner, Drew Callen. I mean, all of the physical guys that they have on this roster. And I know we're not, you know, we're not talking about PJ stock out there. Um, yep. There's no Bobby Farnham's, but these are guys that are going to play physical. And I thought that they all uh, really lived up to that hype in that game. I thought that was, uh, that was to me was the most telling thing, even going into the game. And then as the game progressed, I said, finally, we are the more aggressive team. And it was good to see. Yes. And, and not just the aggression and the physicality, but I think the energy level too. And, and, and I, I do believe it's kind of all intertwined and connected, but you, you have, you know, guys like I, I love McGing and Bitten together on the same line. And, you know, they played on top line with Pekka this week. I think that's, a, I think that's sort of the line you're kind of going to ride for the time being. I like their top two lines. Um, I think Balduk, Vrana and Suzuki as well. They play are a little bit more maybe offensively skilled but I love McGing and Bitten's energy level. They are all over the place. They play anywhere they need to play. They're chasing pucks. Um, and so I, I think you have, when you are putting a lineup in that is on any line skilled, uh, a threat to put the puck in the net, is physical and will not get pushed around. And partner that up with sound defense from all three of the, the blue line pairings. I think that's, that's really what you can ask for. Every single line has from this past week had energy, had physicality, had offense, and that's a recipe to go two and one, you know, and, and pick up four big points. So I you like what coach did. I think he's, he's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but for the time being, I think he, he found something that's work and I hope he rides with it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that shift that, that you saw there in the second? Cause I, Oh my I gosh. saw the same thing. And I, I saw it in real time. And then you texted me 24 hours later saying, we got to talk about this on the podcast. And I, I don't knew, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, there was just, there was 
one shift at I believe it was the the five six minute mark left in the second period um, with McGing Bitten and or both Bittens and McGing and just the energy level. I mean, we're talking dead smack in the middle of the game where things maybe sort to you get a little bit sluggish heading into the second intermission and you know but the energy spark from sam when he hopped onto the ice there's uh, a puck tie up down in the offensive zone and and they just kept the puck they were circulating sam circling around the net sam finding the slot kicking it out to will hitting the point it just for a minute straight and it was just i, I think they maybe had i can't remember one or two shots but just again, the energy level and the physical aggressive play in the offensive zone, not being reactive, but establishing sort of, you know, what they were trying to dictate. Again, Sam circling the net, finding the slot, kicks it out to Will. Will's hitting the point, and it just it was good hockey. Again, that something we know that this team is capable of on all lines, and and. Closing a chapter on the last few weeks, but something we haven't really seen these last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and it was just good to see them have control of a puck in the offensive zone for about 45 seconds to a minute, I believe. Um, and, and, and I just they, go well, ahead. I was just going to say they, they only got a, an offensive draw out of it, an offensive zone faceoff. But we talked about it in weeks past about the wear and tear and the, the energy that you spend when you're in your own end trying to play defense mm-hmm. and how that can wear on you over the course of a period or a game. And and that's exactly what they did. They just, the five guys Charlotte had, had on the ice were wiped after that. Yeah. 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 You know? that, that That's a complete, you know, sort of 180 of what we're used to that that's usually happening or has been happening to us. Can't get control of the puck, can't clear it. And, and it was just good to see. Um, so it, it's something that, I hope can continue the spark of energy with some of these lineup changes. You know, we're going to talk about it a little bit after the fan interview, but sort of there are some injuries now um, up and down this roster that we're dealing with. And, um, you know, but I, I, I don't think it's doom and gloom at all. I was kind of looking through the the lineup and I have some ideas. I'll kind of share what my thoughts are on, on some of the lineups, but um, you know, it's not, doom and gloom at all the big injuries and and we wish the best for mckechran and dean but uh you know i, I it's i think i think there's there is a recipe for this team to continue and build off of this past week yeah it, um if there was one thing that i i don't want to say it was a negative but something that i i noticed that again i don't know i don't know really what to take of it but the power play has not been good Mm-hmm. Still, um, they did finally get off the schneid on on Saturday, but um, Jacob Verana playing with Bullduke, and yep. to me that sounds like a good combination because Verana can fill it up. He's got all the experience in the world, and Bullduke is struggling to fill it up and doesn't have a lot of experience. One of the first power plays, Verana got really annoyed with Bullduke. And, you know, again, Captain Hockey over here, I I can't diagram it or anything. But, you know, when you're on the power play, you sort of have two forwards that are the blue line. And then you have a third forward that kind of slingshots back into their own zone. And Mm -hmm. does like, you know, kind of a big half circle and then comes back up 
either carrying the puck or with uh, alongside the defenseman who's carrying the puck. And, you know, Verona would just kind of like, he kind of just rolled his eyes at him and then pointed like, go on, like you're the guy who's got to go cycle, like go back there and cycle. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was again, maybe, you know, a little bit of tough love, like, come on kid, like, let's get it going. Um, you know, but then it happened again where, you know, if you're, you know, let's say you're, you're playing catch in the backyard and you got your baseball glove on and you hold up your glove in the air and the person throws it to you and it's nowhere near your glove. And instead of, you know, trying to make some athletic move to save it, you just kind of still stand there with your glove in the same spot. <laughs> like, you know, like my hands here, like, why are you throwing? Uh-huh. like, I'm right here. Verona kind of did that to Bullduke where he had his stick on the ice. Bullduke passed it to him. The pass was nowhere near him. And as it clears the zone, Verona's still sitting there with his stick looking at Bullduke like and then he and then he did it again. He pointed back, like, go on. It was almost like your coach, you know, go take a lap. You know what I mean? I think that's what it looked like to me. Sure. And yeah. So, you know, again, is that I don't know, does Verona have some sort of attitude uh issue? I don't know. We talked about that being an issue being a, a possibility when he got sent down here. Maybe that's why he's down here in the first place. Um is it the opposite? Is he trying to use his leadership skills to motivate Zach mm-hmm. Bolduke and kick him in the rear end a little bit? I don't know. But it was just a very interesting dynamic because not only are they now, like I said, on the power play unit together, but they're also on the same line together. So, yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, Bolduke had a nice weekend. So, I, I that's I, I mean, I, I think t- Laffy had let's give him a little bit of credit because he had probably the best week of his career. Right. Um do you want to admit that, Steve? Or uh... yeah, yeah, but I've been yes, I've, I've been I've been extremely annoyed with this player all season. I, just, he's, I don't he's... I don't know what the draw is. He he doesn't he's he just kind of floats around. I, I haven't really seen him offer much of anything. And as soon as I, you know, we were talking off the air, and I was just I kind of lost my mind on this particular player because he's driving me bananas. And then sure enough, um, you know, he he did he 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 was. He was fast. He was smart. He was physical. He was in the right spot. The puck was finding him wherever he went. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best two games I've ever seen this particular player play. Um, and yes, I was starting to get a little annoyed with him. So I'm glad that he. <laughs> well, you know, he. he so I, I. But I, I agree. I. I think Bull Duke had a great weekend too. I think maybe those were two players that you're like, all right, yeah, let's let's see some good things. And then Laffy having a great great weekend. Um, Bull Duke had a good weekend. I, I do think, I mean, let's see. I think there's room for, and, and look, everybody, they are professionals. They, they are men. And that, that's a difference, you know, as a rookie, maybe you're playing with other college kids or, you know, and, and not to say that you're not, a, um, you know, an adult in college, but now you're, you're playing with men. And so if that means I got to look at you and say, you know, what are you doing? Cycle the puck or whatever. You know, like if I have to say that, that's what I'm going to say to you. I'd rather, I guess, as long as it continues to be constructive and positive. And that's, I think, where a coach has to come into play. Um, It's not so much, you know, on the bench game night screaming X's and O's. But I think as long as that can continue to be productive and positive, I'd rather have a player get frustrated with a teammate or a line mate when they're not doing what they're, what they should be doing than being a little bit more passive about it 
and say, well, well, we'll talk about it on film. I think that's how you build chemistry. I think, and, and that does take time. You're talking about basically a rookie playing with, you know, an, an NHL. Oh, yeah. A $3 million NHL. Yeah. Right. Someone who I, I am, I'm glad he's playing for the T-Birds right now. And, and I wish the best for Jacob Vrana, but probably won't be in the AHL next year, if not past the trade deadline with St. Louis, who knows? Yeah. Um, but so I, 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 I ne- don't, don't necessarily have a problem with that again, as long as it, the coach and the leadership on this team, and I have faith in Pekka and, you know, the, the leadership team here can keep it constructive and positive. Yeah. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're not doing what we need you to be doing as my line mate, I need to tell you that we need to get on the right. same page. And if it's something that, for whatever reason, any any player is incapable of doing. That's again how we get on the same page. I'm not going to expect you to to kind of make this play or make this cut or cycle here or dump here, chase here, whatever the case may be. Right. So, and you um, never want anybody of a coworker just doing the same thing wrong over and over again. Right. Right. Until right. So you're like, you're not doing this right. Like, you know what I mean. So, it, it was just a it was an interesting dynamic between those two. And um, yeah. And and Bolduc seemed to, I mean, he had a good weekend, so it's not like he, you know, put his head down and just kind of yeah. whole hummed it for the rest of the weekend. I mean, he, he put together a nice little weekend, so he did. Um, but it, just real, real quick, you started that by talking about the power play, and that continues to be uh, a real. I think right now they're at. I'm gonna. Yep, they're at 16 percent of the power play, and and that's. I mean. You've got Charlotte sitting there at fifteen point seven, and Bridgeport sitting there at fifteen point six, and and Eesh. you're at sixteen. So, um, you know, I would like to see that number with the skill that they do have. I feel like that number could be upwards to to eighteen, nineteen percent. But I mean, I don't know if you get there this year. But I just feel like that's sort of like, you know, you want to be if you could be one for five on the power play. I think that's, and again, if you're one for five against Hershey, that who knows it's two to two. You're not right. One for five, go one for five against Hershey and who knows? So, I I mean, 129 goals for 128 goals against They're plus one. Just imagine if they had, I don't know, call it six more power play goals over the stretched out. Where would, where would they be in the standings? What, you know, what, what difference would it make? Maybe none. I don't know, but you know, yeah, you're you're plus one in goal differential, and you have a terrible power play. Imagine if that power play provided you more offensive goals, where they would be in the standings. And and to what point? I would love again. I'm not a I'm not a hockey coach, but I wonder how much that plays into this a scouting report for a team like Hartford, who's big and physical too, who might. Does that – you don't have to play scared of the power play. So does that affect how teams play you? Are you going to be a little bit more aggressive? I'm not saying, you know, no team wants to go down because all it takes is one goal, right? That could be the difference in a win or a loss. But, you know, are you just going to play a little bit more aggressive against the Thunderbirds knowing, you know what, if we go a player down – we can kill that, you know, we can right. kill the penalty 
and especially a team like Hartford, who we're seeing this upcoming week, you know, who has a pretty decent power, uh, you know, penalty kill in and of itself. Are you able to play a little bit more aggressive knowing that the power play is struggling and, you know, we go, I'd rather take a penalty and kill the penalty than give up a, a breakaway kind of thing. Right? right. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I, I hope if all things come full circle, we are in for one heck of a Springfield Thunderbirds power play the second half of the season, because, <laughs> you know, if it, if it evens itself out, they're going to be on a massive tear because yeah. it's just been, it's, I, I think Ryan was talking about it all weekend. At one point they're like, Oh, for 28 or something like that. Oh boy. And that's just, that's brutal. So um, one big thing from Friday that we've failed to mention, and it's a big thing. Um, Colton Ellis. Yes. Who was just absolutely peppered for mm-hmm. the first eight minutes of that game. They got outshot 15 to five in the first period. And he just took it like a man. I mean, he just, yep. everything they fired at him. I, I mean, I really think that was a big turning point in the game because sure. they could have been down two, three, nothing to start that game. And then it's, well, here we go again, yep. you know, giving up the first goal and getting in a hole and having a fight back. And they, he kept them in that game for the first eight to 10 minutes. And, and is, is the pattern of them not starting games strong, still kind of continuing? Yes. The last 50 minutes of that game was some of the best hockey they've played all year, but that first 10 minutes was just an onslaught on Colton Ellis in his first AHL game of the season, and the guy was just uh, absolute nails. Yep, 100% agreed. You know, uh, uh, stick taps for him, definitely, because he 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 played on his helmet that game. Uh, you know, not just making he great positioning. You know, I, I he ate the puck pretty well. I don't, I'm not... Don't want to compare him to anybody else, but uh, no he, good re- good rebound control. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, he he was a lot of one and done, um, and I think that also I mean that helps your defense too. Your yeah. goalie is your last line of defense. He is that last defenseman on the team, and you know eating up those rebounds I think helps sort of that constant you know that the, the things we've been talking about where they just can't clear the puck and then they they're you know opposing teams are ripping three four shots at a time before the the thunderbirds are getting one for themselves so yeah um, and then you're great playing, job by colton ellis you're just making line changes just to go play more defense you know? yeah like- yeah so a good job by him he he's not his first stint i think he had he didn't play for the Thunderbirds last year, but two years ago he he got a little bit. Um, I think when Charlie Lindgren was called up, and so, but he's he's proving he belongs. We know he can hang. He's having a a fantastic year in the ECHL down there for Orlando, and and that's continuing. So I think now, I mean, we wish the best for Z, but it's not as now you can listen. Zarenko can take his time to get healthy and get right, and then. We know we have Colton Ellis there as that emergency number three. So, yep, no reason to rush him back. Absolutely, uh, not. Zarenko. So, uh, awesome. So we we um, we do want to talk about that game Saturday night, which was just an absolute blast. If you were in the building, uh, but we do want to remind you that the SRG podcast proudly sponsored by White Lion Brewing in their new location in Amherst on North Pleasant Street. Of course, right in downtown Springfield at Tower Square, fifteen hundred Main Street, the place to go prior to Springfield Thunderbirds games. Um, 
I, I will say because uh, parking is is still an issue. Although the the parking mm-hmm. garage that's coming up is coming up quick, and it's pretty fast. cool to see. Right? Yeah. Um, I know it's not going to be ready anytime soon, but it is coming along. But Saturday night, uh, trying to get into downtown was 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 tough, and the lines, um, the line to get into the MGM garage was like two intersections long and to just be able to go into that left you know there's two lanes you go into mm-hmm. that left lane and you just blitz pi blitz past all the mgm traffic and go park in tower square which is what i did because my usual hiding spot was taken um so <laughs> I, I easy in easy out I, I you know um if you're getting tired of waiting in the mgm lot um whatever it's a couple bucks to go to tower square and and if, if time is more valued valuable to you than a couple dollars uh that's the way to do it so uh, go to tower square and then you don't want to pay either that's fine go down to white lion they will validate your parking for you and while you're there um grab some boomer nachos some seuss mac and cheese hall of fame wings along with any of the 20 plus beers they have and you can find your favorite white lion beers in your local liquor store cooler white lion brewing now in amherst in downtown springfield and if you go make sure you tell them the boys from srg sent you and by our friends at yolo healthcare consulting they offer education, training, tutoring, coaching, and mentoring for healthcare professionals and students. Founding owners Yolanda Mero and Lola Rios are doctorate-prepared nurses with over 40 years combined bedside, academic, and leadership nursing experience. They also offer assistance to individuals navigating the healthcare system for long-term care and home care planning needs. Founded right here in Western Mass, YOLO Healthcare Consulting are the ones to contact to help you bridge the gap. If you're traversing the health healthcare landscape, you can reach out to them at yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com. Again, that's yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com. Or you can give them a call 413-627-0609 and tell them that the boys from SRG sent you. Um, one other quick thing uh, I thought was really cool, and I'm, I'm going to kind of Google it now to look it up. Um, White Lion Brewing, it looks like, has a new beer out in collaboration with um the ride to remember and oh yeah yeah i saw that yeah um and i'm just trying to look at it real quick here i can't seem to find anything after a quick google search but that's all right we'll 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 figure it out but yeah they 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 have a new beer uh specifically designed for the ride to remember which i think is really cool it looks if anybody's seen the ride to remember hat mm-hmm. um it sort of resembles you know what they got going on with that and uh, just, again, talk about local businesses supporting incredible causes. Um, you, you love to see that from White Lion. Yeah, I mean, that that's one thing I'm, I'm happy to, I'm glad we have the opportunity to, to partner with them for this podcast because they do, they, they put out their different T-Birds, you know, different brews and, and whether it be the military appreciation can and, and all that. And, and now they, they find big events that are going on here in Western Mass and 413 and they celebrate it with their delicious beer. So yeah, I did see that there. Uh, I can't think of what it's called, but the, the ride to remember um, brew. So I have to check that out. Checking my Facebook, my uh, Twitter feed, but it's all about the uh, NFL playoff games this weekend. So I, I got a lot of scrolling to do, but um, yeah, uh, let's see if we can, Swift. we'll see if we can pull it. Oh God. <laughs> do we have to pay her for uh, saying her name? Um, Actually, I did find it. it's called Thirst Responder, which is great. Nice. Um, there you go. And, uh, you know, they have um, um, uh, Kevin Ambrose, uh, who, mm-hmm. his end of watch date, Springfield Officer 60412 uh, date on the side of it. 
along with Hartford officer uh, Bobby Garten, uh, 9623, fallen but not forgotten. I mean, it's a cool-looking can. Um, a thirst responder American lager a portion will go to the ride to remember. So um, I, I think that rules. A shout-out to our friends at White Lion. That's so cool. Um, that's Yeah, when you're partnering up with these people and you see them do cool stuff, that makes you feel good. Yeah. It feels a little bit. So, yeah. All right. So on to Saturday, which speaking of the ride to remember and those sort of things, it was hometown heroes night. Um, Again, massive crowd. Uh, It it always kind of just has a different energy. I feel like, because uh, I think it means a lot to these people who do serve our community to get a night where they don't have to, they just don't have to worry about anything. And, you know, we talked Mm -hmm. about Lola, Lola Rios, who's, you know, uh, Thunderbirds hockey was like an escape for her because, you know, when you're, in the trenches in a hospital working to be able to, to to put that aside and enjoy yourself for a couple hours is so big. And I always feel like there's this, um, there's just this different vibe in the building when it comes to the hometown heroes night. And I think the Thunderbirds felt it too with a six, one victory over Charlotte. Yeah. A, a great, really from start to finish scoring the first goal. One thing I think is, and, and I, we forgot to talk about it or, or I forgot to mention it about the Friday game. After Charlotte scored their first goal, both on Saturday and Friday, within a minute, minute and a half, Springfield is answering. Um, on Saturday, it was Hugh McGing on the power play, less than a minute left. I mean, because it's easy for us, and, and this is where I, I do have faith in this team. They're headstrong. They're, they, they're resilient. That's why the third period's always been their best this whole season, but you know, you have Charlotte scores a goal 44 seconds in Patrick Kordorenko. Kordorenko, yeah. Kordorenko scores a goal, and you're like, all oh, right, come on, you know, let's go. Second period blues. What are we talking about here? And then boom, you're on a power play and you get a big goal from Hugh Money McGing. And that just sort of puts that in the rearview mirror. And then, you know, on Saturday, you're off to the races, I think. You're you're even in, after the first period shot wise, you're down 10, nine. Yep. But after that, it's, you know, you're able to win the shot battle 15 to 10 in both the second and third period. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they listened to you, Steve, but they they did. They're peppering the goalie. You're shooting low. It's bouncing off them. And, and you know, I, I think that's how you can score a lot of goals sort of. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember which goal it was, but it was it was. I made again, it gave me the, the feels a little bit because it was a low shot far post that the goalie put right on a silver platter for whoever was crashing the far post. And I was yeah. like, thank you. Like, yeah, thank you. Yep. Um, so you've got uh, again, strong, strong weekend by Laffy Hunter Skinner with his first goal of the year. So congratulations to him. It's good to see Ryan Suzuki, um, you know, like the lamp, his third goal of the season. But I think now I think it would be nice to see him get going a little bit. And, you know, I think to highlight his goal, I think both helpers came from Bolduc and Vrana, which is big. So, you know, as, as a line, again, I have no problem with a linesman, a line mate, especially a veteran, highly skilled guy like Vrana getting Bolduc going. Let's go. This is where I need you to be. This is where we need you to be. You know, you're making it all work when both helpers come from the forwards, you know, all three points, so to speak, or, or the three forwards. So, I, I mean, all positive, but not a lot more to say. I just thought it was a great game Saturday, a complete game. 
Um, you added one for seven on the power play, zero for three or three for three on the penalty kill. More importantly than just killing all the penalties, only three penalties. So they're you know they're still playing sound, fundamental hockey, not putting themselves in awful situations constantly. So mm-hmm. thought it was a great weekend. Yeah, um, you know, three all three helpers from Bolduke were the primary assists, which I think means yep. a lot. Um, that means that you're setting up other guys to score. Um, one thing that I, I found interesting, and I, I don't think the referees really had anything to do with it, but the stick infractions are a coach's nightmare. They, they yeah. despise stick infractions. And just on both teams, the penalties went hooking, tripping, hooking, hooking, <laughs> hooking, tripping, delay a game. It's like... And then a double minor for high sticking it to Perlini at the end of the game. It's like, yeah, I mean, both teams like guys, can you keep your sticks down and can you just play hockey? Like, uh, I don't think I've ever seen so many hooking calls in a short amount of time in my life, but um, you know, Thunderbirds survived it, like you said, and, and got themselves a, a power play goal. So, so that's huge. And um, uh, it was nice to see Malcolm too get right back at it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 29 saves on 30 shots. And yeah, like I said uh, uh, last week, if you recall, the Thunderbirds since January 1st averaging 26.3 shots a game, giving up 34. That game they shot 39 and gave up 30. So yeah, we'll take that's, it. That's right where you want to be. So yep, absolutely. Overall, it was great. Um, so let's toss it to our fan feature, uh, Katrina King. Uh, this segment is brought to you by our friends at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill, located at 733 Chicopee Street in Chicopee. Easy on and off from 391 with 10 local and craft beers on tap and nine TVs, late night menu, and weekly live music. O'Connell's has just what you're looking for. Let's send it off to Katrina. How I got in the hockey was very funny because they played a lot of music. I mean, I'm a music fan, you know what I mean? This is how hockey and music um, are together to me. And this is how, like, you know what I mean? Just to give you guys a little recap that, you know, I mean, I put hockey and music in my life together. I mean, it might sound like, oh, it's pretty weird, but it's a way for, like, putting hockey and music together because when I was a little, little kid at the time, I loved music. And then when I went to my very first hockey game, It was music playing all the time. And so, and I'm like, oh, I love this, you know? And then, of course, my brother is getting bored out of his mind. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And after the game, I'm like, can we go again? When I was 16, my sister surprised me on her wedding day couple days before my birthday she announced that i became a season ticket holder for the falcons cool then um a year later my friend kevin lebeau you guys know kevin lebeau right oh yeah oh yeah boss um one day we were at amelia park and he says hey trina would you like to be a season ticket holder i said what do you mean he's like Trina, I'm surprising you of paying one year for your tickets to sit in front of me and Kathy for for a season. 
And I'm like, that's cool. Well, I know you weren't you weren't there um, in 2018 or was it 2017? I think it was 2018. Mm -hmm. The 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 Thunderbirds actually gave me my very first pair of Eastside goggles. Wow. These are special goggles that have like kind of like TV screens in them. Mm-hmm. And you have a remote to like um zoom in and zoom out, do different things and it was pretty cool. And you know, they were teaching me how to work the stuff and um my ticket rep actually came to Boston with me and my dad. You know, they were fitting me for them for a pair. And what happened was the Thunderbirds said to me, they're like, oh, we're only we're only giving you these for like for a game, like for the game. Mm-hmm. But we found out that USA Hauling, the the cleaning ice crew mm-hmm. uh, company, were actually mm-hmm. paying for them, paying for the goggles for me to keep them. That's awesome. For for this for, for 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 games to come. I was so you gotta realize I'm legally blind. So before he became Screech, he was actually the team photographer for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And so um he would always try to take my picture. I don't know why, you know. I know he's a photographer or whatnot, but I was afraid of the cameras. And the thing is, the reason why I was afraid of the cameras is because they look like weapons. Oh. I mean, I mean, if you're legally blind like me, you would think to yourself, why is this why is this man carrying weapons around? Interesting. I mean, yeah, so um so one day I was in, you know, section eight. He comes over and he's like, Hey, can I take a picture of you? And I'm like, I'm like, what is that? Like, like the camera's pointing at me. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Are you going to shoot me? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to shoot you. I'm not going to shoot you. And, <laughs> and it was pretty funny because he, um, after he took a picture, he's like, come here. He's like, he's like, come here, come here, come here. Let me sit with you. I'll show you how the camera works. So he sits right next to me and he's showing me how the camera works. Hmm. And. You know, and I got very um, expired of that. So that's how really um, our friendship became the B. With sled hockey, what happened was um, one of my pushers at the time, who's actually my hockey coach, Aaron Morrison, he um, he actually broke a finger. Oh. And so he's like, oh, I can't push you in the game. So my dad was on the phone with Jim. And funny thing is he put Screech on to push me. <laughs> September we had our you know get together and you know and and he came like me and my dad actually drove him there. Um and he came at, and he you know he he you know put on boomer and you know, danced with, you know, a bunch of other kids and it's great, you know, and, you know, and then like when I, when I need somebody to help me out when he can, he's like, Oh, I'll come help you out. You know? And, um, I had, uh, one of my ticket reps actually help me out. Like, you know, 
because I do pretty well with him. But um, he would come out and he would help me out. I remember when I was real little, um, like when, like you know, when I'd play sled hockey, there was a guy back in the day named Mitch Fritz. It was a back-to-back um, Falcons on the Wolfpack at the Mass Mutual Center. And what happened was, um, first game was boring. You know, the, the Falcons didn't do well. You know, they were, you know, play, you know, playing ticky-tack hockey. They weren't, they weren't playing, like, you know, very good. You know, and they lost the game. But the second game, oh, boys, the second <laughs> game was phenomenal. The second game was, like, Nothing but fights. It was, a, you mean like bench brawl? That's how brutal this game was—a bench brawl. And I gotta tell you, like gloves were gloves were flying, sticks were flying, and everybody was beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> I mean, literally, everybody was just going at it at each other. And you know what happened after that game? They traded Mitch Fritz to the Hartford Wolf Pack. The next week after that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. See you, Trina. All right. We'll see you, see at, you, the, uh, see you at the Thunderdome. Yeah. Go T-Birds, guys. All right. A big thank you to our friend Katrina King. Uh, what an absolute pleasure she is. Uh, inspirational. I, I mean, really, for, for what she has to go with on a, go mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And, um, you know, to, to make it to the games, to find enjoyment in life in just the little things. I think is so important. I think that's a lesson that not only we uh, can have as adults, but something that you pass on to your kids. And say, absolutely, you know, like, and, and like it's, this- it's it's been a pleasure getting to know her. Not only is she a, a huge T Birds fan, not only is she an amazing artist with the artwork sitting right there behind you, but she did want me to mention um, as part of her. There it is. Um, look at that! I love it. I love it. Awesome. I mean, that that's pretty awesome. I, you know, you made it. Right. When, you know, you made it. That's fantastic. So thank you for that, uh, Trina. But she is on the, the sled hockey team for the Thunderbirds. And she wanted me to mention um, her her next kind of big game coming up is the Cammer Cup um, in memory of an, an old uh, player who's someone who used to play for the team. She sent me all this information. Um, but that, that game is March 3rd. It's before, um, a Thunderbirds game and it's for $20. You get a ticket to both of the sled hockey games. She plays, I believe in the one at 1 PM, uh, right before the Thunderbirds play, but that is March 3rd, uh, 12 o'clock is when that first sled hockey game goes off. And then uh, her sled hockey Thunderbirds team plays, I believe at one from one to two. And then the Thunderbirds play um, the Islanders in their sensory friendly game. Uh, that's on March 3rd. So if you're looking for information on that, you can message us and I'll, I'll try to get um, Trina the, the, the message, or you could message her directly too. If you're friends with her on Facebook, if you want more information on that game, feel free to reach out to her. But uh, thank you so much, Trina, for coming on and being part of the show. I think everybody's her Facebook friend. I, I, think, she, <laughs> yeah. I think she's got the record. She got, um, she's got it. She's got it. But uh, our segment there with uh, Katrina is brought to you by our friends at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill, 733 Chicopee Street in Chicopee. Whether you're just driving down uh, 391 looking for a bite to eat 
O'Connell's full menu has something to satisfy your hunger. Shepherd's pie, flatbread sandwiches, and even a full kid's menu. If you're looking for a friendly environment at night to grab a drink or two, stop by O'Connell's. Take a look at their 10 local and craft beers on tap. Located at 733 Chigabee Street in Chigabee, O'Connell's Irish Pub, a proud sponsor of the SRG podcast. Make sure you tell Blake and our friends behind the bar that the boys at SRG sent you. Uh, so, Matt, you did a little bit of homework just looking at at some of the lines combinations that they've had over the little last little bit. And, of course, with Mackenzie McEachern getting hurt yeah. with uh, – we haven't talked much about it, but I, I can't tell that's a collarbone, uh, separated shoulder. Shoulder. It, it it he was in that's a tough dude and he was in a lot of pain so yeah that that um, was that he definitely upper body injury um i i wouldn't don't believe um we're, neither one of us are doctors and studying <laughs> any medical think. reports <laughs> but i i don't believe it's it's one of those day to day you're probably talking more on a week to week basis similar to z and zach dean um so look there those are big injuries that were were staples from day one in the lineup. So what I did, it's hard to find a lot of, uh, you know, histories with the AHL and, and finding uh, different line combinations unless you're you're following Ryan on Twitter. But here's, I just kind of put together where I would sort of piece this lineup together for what's hopefully maybe the next three weeks or so. I'm not touching the top, Two lines. I love McGing, Pekka, and Bitten. I think again, you're talking energy. All three of those guys can score. All three of them will play blue line to blue line, right? Every everywhere you need them to play, the, they can play that. Um, I I'm keeping Balduke, Suzuki, and Verana together. I think again, it's a good mix of of young talent, of veteran talent, of I think Suzuki at his best is is fast, is quick, is energetic, very athletic. And I think if you can get that line combination rolling, I think that's that's a good thing. Again, I, I'm I'm doing all this without any call-ups or sent, you know, I'm right. not anticipating Gaudette coming down. The blues have, you know, a few injuries that they're dealing with. So I'm just going with who's who's here right now. Now on line three, what I would do is I would move I would put Reese in there and then I would move Abramoff and Washi up to line three. Also, I was again, what I'm thinking and I'm trying to balance in is a combination of physicality on those back two lines where at, in my head, I'm just sharing kind of my thought process, right? If I'm putting a Sam Bitten, Abramoff and Washcrack together, which is they played great together this past weekend. But I just feel like that could potentially leave that third line, Reese, Callan, Laffey, maybe not as physical, not as assertive. And again, if, if you're trying to keep it fluid and consistent through all four lines, I kind of like that Reese, Abramoff, and Washcrack line. I think you highlighted this last week. Reese is talented. He's got goals before. He's not really putting it all together this year. But let's maybe add his minutes a little bit and give him some consistent play and see what he can do. I would line uh, or, or round out that fourth line, Sam Bitten, uh, Drew Callen, and Laffey. I know. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, no, I was just the the only thing I was gonna. Uh, so for me, the and I because I understand your way of thinking, and I I'm looking at it. I guess maybe just a touch different is I would I would switch uh, Laferriere and Washcrook strictly because that would give you that one line that you know can go out there and absolutely pound. If your fourth mm-hmm. line is Sam Bitten, Drew Callen, Kean Washcrook, you can and you need to go out there and and assert yourself physically. I mean that is a that is grade A certified meat on that fourth line. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that yeah. is, and that that would be um, really something to to you know. Now you got to play them, coach. You got to play them. You can't just right. put them on the fourth line and like forget they're there and shorten the bench. You got to play yep. them. But um, boy, you, you you're talking about some serious beef on that on that fourth line if that was your your fourth line. But anyway, sorry. I'm, yeah, I know. You're well, no, I mean that, that that I was toying with that. I, that but those are my two thoughts. And, and at the end, I just said, you know, I I, I would like to. It all makes sense. And and who knows what this is strictly. I did not have a phone conversation with Coach Kachuk at all. This no, is strictly, this is fantasy hockey. That's this what we're is what I did hockey. during my prep today at work. Um, <laughs> and then you had you have Tyler Tucker. Congratulations, Tyler Tucker. Um, he's back up to St. Louis. So wishing him the best there. But so now you're you're down a defenseman. Um, I like keeping I think Kalanuk and Rosen have played well together. Um so I, w- I would keep them together. I'd throw Osmanski in there with Coglin a little bit more consistently than and, and leave sort of Mark Andre Gaudet and Joey Duzak as sort of those healthy scratches and, and mix them in a little bit. Um, and then Loof and Skinner, I think, have been playing well. Loof, I, I am toying with moving him up a little bit um, and maybe Loof and Coglin. Coglin has a little bit more of <clears throat> a, an offensive mindset as a defender. And and Loof, I, I'm just a little bit worried as a rookie, as games now become a little bit more important as you're going down the stretch. Do you want to have a little bit more at the tail end of those blue line pairings, a little bit more just, hey, play solid defense for us. Um, so, you know, when you're playing, when you're cheating offensively at the blue line, does that put your partner in a little bit of a, a tough spot there? Um so that, that was sort of my thought process there. I think you're, you, we're keeping for the moment. We still have uh, Dickinson up. And now I, I think depending on, you know, what happens with McEachern, are you bringing up a Mitchell Holscher? Are you bringing up somebody else from Orlando? Um, you now have sort of the roster room. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see another call up um, later this week as we get closer to Wednesday. But that's sort of what I'm doing. And and obviously we're keeping Ellis as the backup goaltender, but I think this week we've got two games against Bridgeport and Hartford, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and so it, not looking past anything. And, and I think this team has to continue to play sound hockey, but you play good team hockey you get good goaltending, you play smart hockey, it's conceivable to head into a big weekend matchup with Hartford on a four-game winning streak. Um, And, I mean, I I think right now that's the goal. Not to jump ahead, Steve, do you have any comments about my little fantasy Um, lineup there? It looks good. The only thing is um, you can't – I really wouldn't – I just wouldn't trust Osmansky Skinner as a third line, as a third pair. So that's probably why I would I keep. I think Loof with Skinner's a nice. Well, that that's what I had. Yes, I had Osmansky. Yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I yeah. think 
you'd have to, if you're going to play Osmanski anywhere, that's where he kind of has to go. Cause I think Skinner's earned his way into the lineup yep. um, the last three ish games. So, and I've been waiting for him to come around and I think he's finally there. Um, yeah. Um, do Zach, I don't, I don't really, I'm not sure about the health, healthy scratch as to why, I mean, here I am wanting to get more physical, but I also want them to play the five foot nine <laughs> defenseman. <laughs> so, uh, but, but he's a, he's, you know, he's a little grinder, man. He's always like mixing it up and he's not afraid to throw what weight he has around. And that, that actually, guy. that, that was exactly what I, I'm thinking in my head. I, I really like Joey Duzak. I, I, he's a little spark plug of, of juice and, and he plays, he, he, you know, he can play offensively. He highlighted that, um, with, with a sort of like a, a one-on-one breakaway goal earlier in the year, he can, he can put the, the puck in the net. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, let's just for right now, again, for the next few weeks until we get guys healthy, what stability. And, and, you know, when you need to throw Duzak in the lineup for a little bit of, of juice, I, I think he's your guy. My, my worry, I don't know if Osmanski has that same spark plug, if he's interjected in, I, I'm not, he, he could play good hockey. He's physical he's a big guy, but he's maybe a little bit more of a consistent calming presence. I'm just going to be where I kind of need to be most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my thought process there. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Cool. So uh, we're going to look ahead here past the all-star break. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, we got the all-star break coming up uh, February 3rd and February 4th. I just wanted to highlight some of our promo games coming on here for the sure. Thunderbirds. We've got February 10th, and, and really this is bringing us right to the end of the year. It's crazy to think that, but um, here it is for the rest of the year. February 10th, our Springfield Isotopes will take on the Hershey Bears, and this is what I was talking about earlier in the show. The Springfield Isotopes are undefeated, and, uh, you know, are, what do we think here? Where We've been playing these Hershey Bears close the the previous three so what happens here for the isotopes we'll have to see february Um, 24th sorry sorry, real quick couple quick things uh my kid's doing god bless america is your kid doing god bless they are they are it's also agawam night it's It's also Agawam night so you'll see the baker boys and uh my son luca on the ice pregame so i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be a puddle for that yes Um, right yeah our kid's school is singing god bless america and my school the school i work at where i teach we they're holding the flag Oh, cool. So I've already told they've, they've asked, Hey, can you help us on the ice? And I said, no, I've got to be a dad first and I'm going to be watching my kids. There you go. Um, um, and one other quick thing, I have gotten a little bit of a sneak peek at the isotopes jerseys yeah. and uh, a little teaser. I want you guys to think Seattle Seahawks. Nice. I, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Seattle Seahawks. Very cool. That going on. So anyway, continue. February 24th, Military Appreciation Night against the Providence Bruins. We've got March 2nd is a pregame pickleball tournament. Uh, the game is against Laval, the Laval Rocket. So that's, you know, that'll be a good game. But there's a pregame pickleball tournament that you can sign up for. Just go to the Springfield Thunderbirds website, um, click on their promo schedule, and then you can register there. March 3rd, after our guest uh, Katrina's camera cup game in their sled hockey game. March 3rd is the sensory friendly game against the Islanders. Sorry, Al friend of the show, no cowbells, no horns, a little bit of a quieter sensory friendly atmosphere. I get uh, 
I, I got PTSD from those games because that was the last game before the pandemic. It was the oh. sensory friendly game, and then yeah. pew, that was it. And then it's all yeah. That was how awful that was. I know. Um, March 9th, Pink in the Rink game against the Marlies. Jake, my kids are really excited about this. Like there were two things when the season came out. My kids, Jake wanted Pink in the Rink. He wanted to go to that game, and Tyler wanted to see not the Hartford Wolfpack, not the Islanders, not the Bruins. He wanted to see another team. Yeah, and I can't so I. Him. Breaking down the schedule, I'm like, boys, two birds, one stone. So March 9th, pink in the rink against the Marlies. March 23rd. I don't know, Steve, if this is your time. It definitely is mine. Napoleon Dynamite Night. Oh, yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Pedro and Uncle Rico, I read about this before coming on here, will be at the game against the Syracuse Crunch. It will also be a, instead of vote for Pedro, Pedro Night, it'll be vote for Boomer Night. Not exactly sure what that means, but maybe mascot of the year. I'm thinking, why would we not want to vote for Boomer? Uh, April 13th brings us to 413 night, where uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds will be highlighting all things Western Mass and area code 413. The game is against the Checkers. April 14th, Boomer's birthday, last Sunday home game of the year against the Providence Bruins. And then capping it off, April 20th, Fan Appreciation uh, Day against the Hartford Wolfpack. So that's sort of the lineup of the remaining promo games. Of course, every Friday is a Deuces Wild Friday. Um, I didn't highlight those, but these are sort of their big uh, promotional games um, left on the schedule. So it's sad I got to miss that one. 420, I'm going to miss that one. The uh, Fan Appreciation oh, yeah. <sighs> Life. Life, man. Life Other stuff going on. Other it stuff happens. Going on. Yep. So, uh, well, we want to give a big thank you to uh, White Lion Brewing uh, for sponsoring our show, as well as at YOLO Healthcare Consulting. They're at yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com. Big thank you to O'Connell's uh, Irish Pub as well for the segment with Katrina. Um, any last thoughts uh, for you, Matt? Thank you, as always, to our, to our friends. Thank you to Katrina. Fans of the show, continue to like, support. Send us your emails, your questions. Uh, you know, feel free to draw us a picture. We'll hang it up. I, I love it. And uh, as always, let's go, T-Birds.